three, two, one, go. Hey, Trevor. Hello. Welcome back. Hooray. Welcome back to Sparking Creativity, the Ethno Arts Podcast, Season 2. How are you doing, Trevor? I'm all right. How are you? Good. It's been a while since we've done one of these, but um, it hasn't been a while since we've gotten to talk and see each other, which is it's been nice. Um, yeah, we, we saw each other in person for the first time in nine years. Is that what we figured out? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, crazy. I had a, a met a new friend a couple of months ago, and he was his mind was blown when he found out that we weren't in the same room, but we were quite far away from each other. Yeah. Uh, but this summer has been great. We saw each other in person. We saw each other's families. It was fantastic. Indeed, it was. We took a took a couple of months off as my family transitioned back to the states, and we'll be here for a year. And in that time, we got to got to connect, and that was really great. Um, and just trying to get situated and settled into what life looks like here in the states, and um, yeah, just trying to figure out where we're going to go from here. So we've been taking time to visit family and travel around and it was great to see you in the in the meantime in the middle of all of that it wasn't enough it was too short (laughs) as always never is Um, hopefully we don't have to wait another nine years absolutely and so you've been busy yourself and i know you've got (laughs) some things to share some changes for you and your family and thought we'd just take a moment here and let's share that with everybody yeah, um, big giant transition going on in my life um, over the summer. Uh, things changed, an opportunity came up, and the Lord directed us to move in a new direction. And so uh, I am officially now, I suppose, a kindergarten through eighth grade music teacher at my kids' school. And uh, I haven't been a teacher in the past, so it's a, a massive shift, a massive uh, learning um, opportunity and experience and this next week I officially start teaching and I'm excited about it but it has been an absolutely crazy season trying to shift out of um, my former role and pass things on but I'm excited to see what God has in store for us in the future so that means a lot of things may be changing with uh, the podcast but um, well, just in terms of my involvement, but we'll see. Hopefully I won't be disappearing for good and I'll come back and, um, yeah, be able to stay involved in some way. We would love that. And, uh, <laughs> we're, yeah, it's, it makes sense to press pause for a little while for, for your involvement and figure out what this new life looks and going to look like for you and the new job and all the changes that come with that, um, and so the podcast will continue and we will look forward to whenever you're able to come and, and join again. But we wanted to start the season off together and getting to 
have this this time and in the future um, it's it's going to continue we're hoping to find some guest hosts uh, we have some ideas uh, about that um, it also means that the frequency of the podcast which wasn't super frequent to begin with um, <laughs> we were only releasing about once a month but uh, we may not be able to make even that frequency the season that means the season will be shorter um, at the end, like next summer, I'll be transitioning back overseas with my family. So we'll be, be taking some time off again. So we're not really sure. We, we do have stories and some guests lined up for this season. And we will do our best to bring those to you and release them as often as we can, given the new circumstances. So um, just to be aware that that's, that's happening. I know not everybody is waiting around their devices every month for a new episode um, but we do want to continue to build up this this collection of, of stories and interviews um, as a resource to people who want to continue to dive into this and learn more for themselves and so that's the hope and the plan for this coming year yeah and we're we're still we're very thankful for all of those of you who have uh, written in or or um, you know, let us know that there, this has been an encouragement to you and you've shared it with your friends and colleagues and we want to keep, keep that resource going and uh, take any suggestions and stories from you guys. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been really encouraging. We have seen um, great things through this and uh, it's going to be hard for me to take a step back for a while, um, but I will definitely continue to listen at least, at very least. I will stay engaged as a listener, but I hope to be involved in the future. This is this is very life-giving, and it's been it's been great fun as well. Absolutely, it's been our dream to be able to work together in some capacity, even though we've always been been separated. And <laughs> this has been uh, super fun to do, and and it, it it's continued to grow even in our our absence or in our our break over the summer. We continue to have more listeners. I don't remember the official count. I haven't looked in a little while, but last time I checked, I think it was like 50 countries and mm -hmm. and different organizations are, are sharing. People are passing it along. It's becoming a, a resource for people or, or organizations and their, tr their trainings wanting to offer it as that. It's been really helpful for those who partner in or support this work in other ways. Um, so we're really grateful. Please do continue to keep sharing. Please uh, take a, a moment to rate it or leave a review in your podcasting app, and that will help people to learn more about it and get it get the word out some more. Yeah. Well, should we jump in? Yeah. All right. So as we start uh, with today's topic, we wanted to give just a little... Um, more information on like the the CLAT process step number two where we talk about specifying kingdom goals uh, we're going to be talking a bit about that with a story that we'll hear today um, specifically but there are lots of different categories that we place into this kingdom goals category and, and really what kingdom goals are as we're uh, working among communities um, if especially uh, 
in the arts realm. We want to find the things about that community that, that they're looking to do, that they want to see God do in their community. Maybe it's something that has been a struggle. Maybe it's something that they're trying to teach or learn or grow in together. Um, so a few of those categories are things like identity and sustainability, or uh, that can include things like valuing um, a cultural identity, uh, their heritage, their their arts, their um, you know whatever it is that makes their identity stronger. Um, teaching children, passing on things to the next generation. Another category is shalom. Uh, things like healing and reconciliation uh, are found in that. Shalom is um, how would you describe it, Justin? It's not just peace. It's kind of like wholeness becoming complete um and so things like healing things like reconciliation looking looking back at at a history of difficulty and and trying to find ways to partner with each other or um, help improve one another that falls sort of in this category of shalom Mm -hmm. similar um but uh, maybe more specific would be justice um, whether that's social justice or literacy or education making sure that um, everyone has access to uh, what they need in the community. That's another one of these categories. Uh, we also have on a more uh, spiritual lean things like uh, scripture. So things like Bible translation um, or scripture memory. Uh, if you're looking at you know writing songs or doing um, dramatic productions or something in order to memorize scripture um, or even doing translation in a more... Um, artistically faithful way to the original text or things like that would fall under the scripture category. Um, church life and personal spiritual life are some of the other categories that we'll dive into a little bit more. Um, church life specifically, I think we'll talk about today, but personal spiritual life, if people um, want to study scripture or, or develop the arts for worship um, together or individually in their in their quiet time or their you know whatever whatever that looks like in the community you're talking about these are some of the categories that we look at for okay what does the community want and ideally the community decides together what do we want to look at what are what's the category or what's the um what's the way that we're going to attack uh, a certain issue um maybe in an artistic way so those are uh the kingdom goals really uh we talk a lot about um this this idea of incarnational ministry, be with and learn from and work toward, that goes throughout this too, that the community itself knows themselves the best. They know their history, they share their stories, and uh, this is a way to to move forward into something new, hopefully, or to strengthen something that needs to be strengthened. And uh, as they can decide on where do we want to go together right now, um, then we uh, whoever is working among them can uh, just encourage that and say, let's go, let's go for it. Let's, let's uh, work together or let's spark something new in this situation. Yeah. Anything to add, Jay? So the, the author of this Creating Local Arts Together uh, manual or approach um, situates these or, or tries to organize these categories in a way um to give you, I guess, to help communities have something more specific, because they might say their goals are like everyone in the village knows Jesus, and mm-hmm. um, they so trying to be a little more specific, but also 
he did a lot of study on the kingdom of God and how it the yeah. kingdom of God is is here, but it's not like fully here, and um, how we can be kind of agents of helping to bring forth more of the kingdom by by being God's representatives and having the Holy Spirit in us, and um, and so as as people are moving and 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 living their lives in different ways, like more of the kingdom can come in. And if if knowing that when the kingdom of God is there fully, there's there's not going to be um, what the, the Bible says. There's there's not going to be sorrow and in tears or sickness and but just mm-hmm. recognizing like. What would it look like if it was here, and how we could we move towards that, in in a way? And these categories are what he came up with, and there's there might be others. You may have some ideas. We would love to hear if you might organize them differently or have other types of these kingdom goals that that would be important in your context. And our topic today is in the domain, the ministry domain of church planting, and so, um, and people who are in church planting are looking at specific things and and some of these kingdom goals um, certainly like church life would be a part of that scripture is a really important part of church planting Um, people's own personal spiritual life and and how they are engaging with scripture how they're how they choose to worship whether individually or or corporately Um, all of these things could be wrapped up in this domain there could be others too um, there could be certainly like overlap in these so in in church planting what I, I have some family that have been involved in church planting and we've um, we have good friends who are in this type of ministry and so this is just kind of from my my memory of some of the things that are important in this domain is that discipleship is really important they want to come alongside find those persons of peace peace who can um, be someone that they can pour into, but also they're members of the community who can help to communicate the gospel message and, and be the going in their networks and, and being able to invite people, gathering them together. Um, so pouring into someone who then could also go pour into other people. So this idea of uh, reproducing what is happening, the models that are reproducible, um, engaging with scripture or sharing with others in a way that's that there's not a lot to not not a lot of steps to memorize it's just something that comes uh, naturally um, for for people part of that is sharing their own testimony or faith journey um, walking alongside people in their own journey and doing life together just coming together there can be some barriers to this um, and part of what we'll see in today's story and what we've talked about before through other stories is that Christianity can be seen as foreign because the language that they're using um, is maybe is not the heart language of that community the language that's available of scripture um, that can also factor into whether this is for someone uh, or how they perceive it to be for them or not you know how people are dressing what their express their worship expressions look or sound like that can include certain instruments or music styles we've talked about some of that in the past Um, so a lot of different challenges and barriers and i'm sure there's lots more 
But church planting wants the gospel to be able to go forth in a very natural way that multiplies. And so there are a lot of different things in there. And we'll hear today from, uh, from, uh, from the story today on just one way that helped to break some of uh, break a barrier that was there and help a church to start and then grow. Yeah, so uh, today's story initially came from something called, well, it used to be called GCOM and now it's GCAM. What does that stand um, that's for? something that we want, <laughs> we want you all to be aware of this. Uh, it used to be uh, the Global Consultation on Music and Missions. And we changed the O to an A to make it Global Consultation on Arts and Music in Mission. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Arts and, and Music in Mission, which um, is just kind of similar to the expansion that we've talked about using all of the arts, not just music. Um, it's been around for over 20 years, uh, or at least the idea has been. The very first GCOM was, I believe, t- 2003. Um, so almost 20 years ago. And it's it's been a, a gathering for, um, you know, ethno arts, ethnodoxology um, involved people. So what they say about and, and we'll we'll have the, the link to the website uh, in the show notes. Um, but it, it's basically been every three ish years. There's been an event, a large event. Uh, It says the purpose of the global consultation on arts and music and missions is to explore how God is drawing the nations to himself through music and related arts. We are calling together mission and music leaders from around the world to dialogue um, about the roles and functions of heart music in the lives of all Christians to connect uh, from personal friendships, organizational partnerships, things like that, to share whether it's resources, strategies, models, um, things that have been used in lots of Uh, different contexts to identify current challenges and opportunities and to encourage further communication and networking things such as journals and databases and websites how can we encourage each other and uh, help one another Um, so this has been a a pretty large gathering in the past Um, I've never been to one in person there was in 2021 with the pandemic um, that one had to go virtual Um, but that means that there's a ton of resources online now on the website you can watch so many different sessions, uh, hear a lot of different stories on there. And that's where we um, found this one. And, and Jay connected with Vaughn on this, and, and we'll get into that. But um, it's a really great resource for those of you interested in this. If you haven't been to one, if you haven't been involved, um, please check it out. You can see uh, a lot of old resources. I don't know, there's nothing announced for the next one. Um, yet, or if, if, you know, there might be some changes to the format now that we've gone virtual, I'm not entirely sure, but, um, you can, I believe you can sign up for information on that on the website and get kind of a newsletter. They do webinars as well, uh, throughout the year that you can, um, get kind of a, a taste of what's going on, hear some stories and connect with others. Um, it's always a good time. So we are, are excited to share this resource with you and, uh, hopefully it will, spark some more um, good stories for you in the future, maybe some creativity as well. That's right. So the the story today comes from Vaughn Scott, who was working in Central Asia. And he he did a couple of presentations last last summer at the, the virtual GCAM event. 
And so this story is taken from a recording with his permission. Um, and so to give a little bit of background, he, he was working with a group in, in Central Asia who, similar to the J group, if you remember in the very first episode, um, there was a lot of persecution happening for those who were choosing to follow Jesus and a lot of just a lot of um, treating people not very kindly and a lot of hostility. This culture has a very negative view of the West and anything from the West and what what they had been um, or their exposure to Christianity has looked and sounded a lot like it's coming from the West. So uh, it, we the, the story is, involves this one um, one man in particular from this community who was a part of this um, uh, this music group that Vaughn will talk about and and just how they were able to bring uh, back some of their own heart music and hear um, hear part of the, the gospel message through this uh, meaningful form. And anyway, well, let, let's just pause here. Let's take a few minutes and we'll listen to this and we'll come back and talk about it. Can I also share another powerful story about how communication in a culture's deep expressive arts can drop barriers? One of the really fun things that we were able to do was to be involved in helping start a folk instrument group in the country where we were serving. And they began by just playing the traditional folk songs and tunes, but then they eventually started writing songs that told the story of God in words. And even one really beautiful one was a seven-part piece of music that played the days of creation through poetry and music. Well, one of the things we started to do as a group was to go around the country and present this in a concert form to villages. And that was great. Interestingly, our church had also sent out a young man back to his home village to do some church planting. Uh, unfortunately, when he went there, because remember I said about Christianity in that culture being associated with the West? When he returned to his village, he was ostracized. He was an outcast. No one would listen to him. And even the little old ladies who were kind of the uh, I guess the the ones with all the cultural clout in the village, when he would walk by, they'd spit at him. They said, literally, your brain has been stolen. Well, we asked this brother, would you like us to come and give a concert in your village? He said, yes, that would be great. So he went to the village mayor and asked if we could have use of the town hall. Of course, the mayor said, for an instrument concert? Of course. So on the day we arrived, we walked in to a town hall filled with the entire village. We played the concert and we played traditional folk songs that they would all have known. And we played newly written songs that were of the folk style, but carried the message of Christ. At the end of the concert, the brother who invited us got up in front of the village. <laughs> The village was almost all gathered there. And he said, I know that some of you don't understand what it means to follow Esau, Jesus. But I would like to speak for myself 
and for these friends of mine who just gave such a beautiful concert. And I would like to close our time together by blessing you in Jesus' name. And then he held his hands out. And then the whole room stood and held their hands out to receive the blessing that God would give them. <laughs> and he began to proclaim over them that God would show his love to them, that God would provide guidance and provision for them, and that God would reveal himself to them. And then at the end, he said, oh man, and the whole room received the blessing and said, oh man. And the most astounding thing happened after that. The ladies who used to spit at him, came running up to him and hugged him and thanked him for returning their heart music back to their village. God also used that day to begin a work that ended in salvation for a number of people in that village through the work of our brother. And they even began a small church group there. I don't think anyone would fail to see the strategic impact of the arts in that village. All right. So, what'd you think, Trevor? Good story. He's a good storyteller. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very similar to that first story last season that we shared, that you shared. Um, and, yeah, it's it's so good. I was trying to remember some of the, the phrases that jumped out at me. Um, oh, what did he call the, the ladies? Um I meant to write it down. The ladies that were kind of the the caretakers of their culture um, and their uh, transformation just by actually encountering their music in a new way and uh, bringing it back and and just yeah the the doors that that can be opened through the arts are are pretty phenomenal as opposed to something that's just seen as foreign. Um, yeah, it's just it's really cool when that happens and. Um, you never know what's going to start with an event like that, with uh, a story about, uh, you know, traveling the country and finding opportunities to, to play some folk music uh, that makes sense. Um, so it's really cool to, to see that in a um, very specific way in this community. And I hope that continues and that that tiny seed of a church <clears throat> grows and becomes something that multiplies as well. Yeah, I think it's um, for for people to see Christians who are valuing the gifts, these cultural gifts that God has given them, when when they already are seeing their their view of the West as something who's coming in and trying to take over or wanting to change them, and seeing yeah. Christians really value and honor how how God has made them and that their their music or instruments or whatever it is as important um, translates also as God values you God thinks this is important and the arts are just such a strong part of people's identity like we've talked about so when you include them in a song or telling a story um, in these familiar forms it communicates that it's for them and um, it can penetrate the hearts very deeply and have a greater impact than having something that's not familiar and so i i hope that 
we can all be encouraged to really take the time to be curious about um, where people come from, what their culture offers, and just the richness of expression that's there. And even just being curious as, as an outsider, whether that means you're from the community and you're viewed as an outsider because you follow Jesus or someone who's culturally an outsider, being able to take the time, show that curiosity, um, it really is, uh, as Brian Schrag would say, that re that kind of research and getting to know and learn uh, from others is love. That shows and communicates yeah. love to people, gives them honor um, in that way, and and just being being open and curious about that. It can take a little bit more time, perhaps. Um, I, I would imagine some people want to put in all the pieces. We need to sing the songs. We need to read the Bible story. We need to talk about it. Um, and really taking, taking the time to explore what are these different ways that we could do it that would be most meaningful for this community. That's going to be not just uh, familiar so that they know it's for them, but also familiar so that they can also go and do this. That helps it make it more reproducible. It would take take longer also to try to learn a foreign music system perhaps or mm -hmm. um, and, and trying to go and take that and reproduce it could potentially slow things down a bit yeah yeah I, I think there's I'm sure we've talked about this before but um, you know the, the difference between form and meeting um, you know, if, if they were just in this story going to a village and saying, hey, we want to talk to you or we want to um, just read scripture or or preach at you, um, that would be a very different thing than putting putting, you know, music in a form that makes sense already that you don't have to um, change the expectations of people or or make them come to to your form of communication that you, you start with. The people's form of communication um, that's just such a, a good way to soften people up to whatever the message is that you want to get across it's not in a manipulative way but in a you know removing those barriers removing those things that that feel frustrating or or foreign mm -hmm. um, yeah I, I like to think of it as kind of a you know if you're if you're giving a present to somebody um, the, the gift wrapping may may help if, if it looks whatever you know if it looks fancy if it looks like you took care and and time to to make the whole the presentation of it make sense whatever you have if it's a book contained within with the message um, you know if if you if you don't wrap it in a way that makes sense or looks like a gift to someone then they're less likely to even pick up the book and to and to really understand the meaning that's not a great analogy because I would just read the book anyway. But, um, you know, just the, the way that we present things, the form that we put it in um, can take away those barriers to the actual meaning and the mm -hmm. message and the communication that we're trying to um, communicate. So that's that's uh, yeah, really good. That's right. Um, I think also that this this is a good like first step in in this is the concert. So people were receiving this. They were listening and and mm -hmm. hearing it and 
able to receive it and then it changes their like their their perception of christianity or jesus or even maybe the west i don't know um but like you said it also softens their heart makes them more open and then the next the next element is not just the passive like hearing of it is then actually being able to participate in it i know a lot of church planting yeah um, models and disciple making ministries um, do like home gatherings and and having um, it's centered around like time together maybe around a meal um, actually yeah. actually not just hearing scripture but then actually discussing it and or engaging in some way whether that's through through song or another art form and um, being able to discuss and um, w- hear from each other um, and so that it having it in these familiar forms also helps with that engagement of it and, and can help to reach deeper and for them to be able to make it and apply it more in a, a personal way. And then again, that also leads to the reproducibility of it, then being able to take it and maybe continue this type of engagement on their own um, individually, or maybe in, with, with their families or others in their social circles. Yeah, I mean, and and you and I were just having a conversation recently about um, we're both sort of involved in baby church plant type situations right now, and I'm I'm thinking in in those terms right now <clears throat> within my own culture, within my own understanding of what church kind of normally is like. But you know, now we're meeting in a um, a high school cafeteria, and a lot of what I, I noticed even just uh, a couple of days ago, we, it was a potluck. Everybody brought some food and shared it. And I saw more conversations and more getting to know you time shared around a table with, with food and, and friendship and, you know, just conversations as opposed to let's all get together and just listen to a sermon. Um, so that's one idea, you know, music or the arts in, in any way, shape or form that makes sense or, or is just even generated by the people in that community um, is a great way to build those relationships. And I want to, you know, find more ways to do that in my own situation. Um, and I've been, you know, around church plants in, in the past and they can be really exciting, uh, especially when there's not a lot of. Uh, expectations on how is this supposed to go uh, the realization that we can we can make it look like it needs to look for us um, and and that goes across um, you know to to different cultures as well especially when the people themselves are making those decisions and it's not just the the pastor or the you know a, an outsider or foreigner saying this is what church needs to look like let's do it uh, spending time in scripture and then and then making things look and feel familiar. Um, yeah, just brings a lot of value to the culture and not just um, not keeping things foreign. That's right. And if you try to go with what what it, you would normally associate as a church looking like, which could be a building, <clears throat> it could have a <laughs> yeah, certain architecture type um, or a format to a gathering, and and that could actually and and has actually worked to grow churches 
but a lot of the people coming then are they're coming from other churches because this looks like a church yeah. that's familiar and people involved in church planting are really um really strongly burdened for those they would say are lost or those that don't know jesus at all so um yeah. the and those are the people that they want to reach and so um my uh, brother-in-law is in church planting and they meet at a ymca in a local gym mm-hmm. and apparently there's a whole network of churches that do that and that are n- intentionally not looking for a building because they want to yeah. go where where the non-christians would be more comfortable um showing up so they make it effort also like being really open about um dressing really casually and there's not mm-hmm. and there's also like this whole community involvement then when coming and setting up and tearing down and um and and so by using like you said putting these arts in this familiar form then it's more likely gonna drop barriers for the non-believers for the people that you're wanting to reach and that that need the gospel the most especially if they have a history or a trauma or something associated with a certain type of uh you know church or yeah just there are long histories depending on where you are in the in the world um with things that didn't go well or or power that was abused or things like that so any of those barriers that you can remove will be helpful that's right there's a a chapter in a book um i think it's called uh modus day movement uh movement disciple i don't know modus day is the book oh we'll, we'll include a link but there's a chapter in there called how ethnodoxology moves or drives uh the movements and mm-hmm. and there's a ton of great examples there from the author uh, Paul Quivenin is his name, and he says that some of the biggest traction they they get is is amongst non Christians, and it's because of of that because the the forms are meaningful, they're close, and it, there's they're just going straight at the heart by including these, and um, and that's what we we want to see. We, if we want to see um, the gospel spread amongst every tribe, tongue, and nation, then why not uh, help it to do it in those, the tongues of those tribes and nations and in these forms that are for them. All right. I think we've, I think we've hit everything. I mean, there's lots more to go into, but I think that, uh, so chatty today. So, so much. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, I am really curious, like if any of our listeners, if you are in church planting or disciple making ministries, if you've got examples or you have some thoughts that you'd like to share, um, how has this worked or not worked in yours? What have you seen? Uh, what are the barriers or challenges? Um, we'd love to be able to explore this topic more with the, especially in, hearing from more of you who are in these types of ministries. So please uh, feel free to reach out. Um, again, you can find us. Um, you can email us at ethnoartspod at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. So please do share. We would love to continue to explore this some more. All right. 
welcome back. We're glad to be back. Indeed. And see you next time. Well. Well. See you sometime. You will. <laughs> you know, I, I do just want to say thanks, Trevor, for all that you've done to help kick this off and build up the momentum so that we can help keep it uh, continuing. And uh, many blessings to you and your next season. And we look forward to catching up with you again. Very good. You're going to make me cry. All right. I'll, I'll see you guys soon. Sounds good. Well, until next time, thanks for listening. And go. What is it? Wait. Spark some creativity. <laughs> there we go. Wherever you are. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We would love to hear what you thought. What resonated with you today? What questions did this raise? Anything you'd like to learn more about? Maybe you have stories you'd like to share. Please feel free to contact us at ethnoartspod at gmail.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ethnoartspod. We also invite you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. This will help others to find out about the show. Please feel free to share the podcast with others. We look forward to sharing more with you next time on Sparking Creativity, the Ethno Arts Podcast.